Attention Greendale students and welcome to Streets Behind, a podcast about the TV show community. Hosted by two friends who met on campus but couldn't hang out during the pandemic. So we started this podcast to stay connected. And together we come up with so many insights about the show and the characters that we never would have thought of on our own. We know it's not perfect, but if it was, it wouldn't be Greendale. So join us. You're already already accepted. accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Just a quick little production note here. We actually recorded this episode in 2021 when the pandemic was just kind of coming to a tail end where people were getting vaccinated and people were starting to go out and about again. Um, And we also recorded this on the same uh, Saturday afternoon when we recorded the intro that we put before the show. Um, Okay, so I think that's all you need to keep in mind to uh, hear where we're coming from with our conversations. Enjoy the show. Um, I I mean, I think I'm ready just to go into this. Okay, yeah. Cindy, we're like professional podcasters, man. We dedicated (laughs) an entire Saturday afternoon. And by the way, when we took our break, I went to like refill our water and I was like bouncing around the apartment. I really (laughs) felt like we crushed those intros or at least gave us a plenty of plenty of content to work with. So well done. And thanks again for writing that. And if no one ever listens to the show, I still think we're doing it. Like I'm proud of what we're accomplishing. I'm proud of what we're, we're accomplishing. And as you said, I like, it's just been... This has been a nice thing, you know, just to like have something to do, something I look forward to, you know what I mean? Something like a weekend appointment. And even if that means Friday night or Saturday morning with my coffee, like I watch the show, you know, I'm not necessarily- Like that's fun too. That It is, exactly. It's just like, oh, like this, this is what I'm watching with dinner tonight, or I'm going to wake up Saturday morning and instead of just like- sleepily like drinking my coffee pretending to read something like I'll go watch this show or whatever so it's been good yeah it's nice to have like an appointment for something that's not work and doesn't have anything to do with like all of the causes of our existential dread and anxiety (laughs) no it is it's like it's obviously it's not work which is great but also it's not like having to like go out or like you know what I mean and and not even just in the pandemic like oh god someone wants me to meet at a coffee shop but just in it's like why did I make this plan on a Tuesday to meet somebody for lunch (laughs) on a Saturday I can't be fucking bothered today you know what I mean and then you're like can I make an excuse probably not well because part of the drawback right is that like when you get together with people one, it's weird because of the pandemic. And two, it's like you kind of have to talk about all of those reasons for our existential dread and anxiety because exactly. we're all experiencing them all the time. So having an appointment to talk about something else is wonderful. All right. You want to do the you want to do the midterm break? Okay, yeah, let's try it. All right. What's up, everybody? This is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Sandy Caldrone. And this is Streets Behind our fan pod dedicated to the TV show community. And today, Sandy, is the midterm break. Yay, midpoint (laughs) of the semester. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And also, as we like to call it, the end of disc one of the DVD (laughs) version of... (laughs) 
of community season one. So I think I can't remember if I've said this on mic or not, but as you know, I'm working off the DVDs. So the first seven mm-hmm. episodes are disc one, but we also thought this was a good point uh, of our podcast to kind of pause refresh ourselves sort of take the temperature of the room as I like to say up to this point of of season one yeah Um, and it's also like it's a good time to like look at the overarching trends right because like we've been focused on the details of talking you know strictly about one episode at a time and now we can kind of look back at the group and kind of see how the season itself has has been going no that's exactly it and I think we've got enough of a sample size at this point to sort of be able to say that but like any midterm break there's mm-hmm. also that anticipation of like, oh, but what's going to happen? <laughs> like, what's yeah. ahead of us? What's the content? Like, what am I going to learn for the rest of the semester? Or try to avoid learning, depending on your approach to those things. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> so here, I had an idea for today. We kind of talked about some of the things maybe we could do for today. But I, I came up with this morning. I had a little idea. Let me know how you think about it. Although I don't know okay. if you have a choice here, Sandy. I'm going to be very <laughs> frank with you because mics are on and this is hot. Um, but but I thought, how about we do a pop quiz? But not like a like trivia, but uh, we'll just do sort of a different like back and forth rapid fire hot takes to a couple of questions that I compiled. Yeah. Some of which are sort of specific and kind of just get to like things that we've liked up to this point of the show. But then I have a couple broader questions towards the end where we'll do exactly what you were saying, kind of take the temperature of the room so far, you know, just give our kind of maybe a little broader look at what the show is up to this point, which again is like through season one, episode seven. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only what season one is like, but you know, also the show um, at this point of its early stages. Oh, and then I was going to say too, I propose we do what they call like a snake order. So I'll ask you the first question. Okay. Um, you know, you answer it, then I'll give my answer. And then I'll present the second question and I'll answer that first and then kick it over to you. So we'll go like, we'll alternate orders or whatever, if that makes sense. Yeah. For fantasy draft people out there, you know, this is a snake, as a snake (laughs) draft, um, which by the way, this has nothing to do with anything, but can I just say that once, once in my life, I did a fantasy basketball season. And by the end of the year, I was so bad at it that I just intentionally tried to get a team of like the most random, like (laughs) weird personality NBA stars and like intentionally tanked and they kicked me out of the league. They're like, dude, that's not, that's not cool. And I was like, it's fantasy. And they were like, yeah, "Yeah, but we're playing for money. And like, you can't like (laughs) intentionally like tank your team. And I was like, isn't that good for them? If you're playing for money. Like. But that's the thing is then people who are playing you in the last couple of weeks know they're going to win because your team's so bad. So it like skews the standings for the teams okay. that had already played. I know. I was like, it's literally called fantasy. I understand this because this is my approach to all video games and people who try really hard at video games do not want to play with you if that's how you play. This is how I am on game night. Like you get together with a group of friends and they're like, let's play. I was, okay, first of all, I literally was just about to riff, let's play Scattergories. And then (laughs) before I even said it, I was like, dude, that's awkward and going to date you. But um, no, you know, like you go somewhere for game night. And as you know, I love to talk. So first of all, (laughs) I can't stop just like, like just small talk. Hey, how are you? How's work? But then I just want to like riff on stuff. 
and yeah, people no. hate doing game night with me because they're like shut up and focus on the game and I'm like no this is the whole point we're adults maybe with a you know a beverage in our hand playing a game I think right. this is the point of game night right I get to be <laughs> and then of, you were never invited to game exactly. night again exactly I get to be one of the two three people in the room of eight or ten people that are like this is just come on let's just have fun anyway <laughs> welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Streets Behind, where we just talk about stuff. Um, all right, that was all. That was all reverse psychology, Sandy. To so, so you wouldn't be throwing me off my game. Yeah, you're gonna be ready for the pop quiz. All right. All right. First things first. Just a quick hot take. I'll give you a couple minutes here. I got a clock going, and I will cut you off. <laughs> oh. Favorite episode up to this point, season one, episode seven. So from pilot to season one, episode seven. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's really hard. So there's the pilot, there's like the Spanish project, there's a football episode, statistics, there's Halloween. So many good episodes. But so many. There's like the Duncan experiment. Oh, there's so many. It's such a good show, but off the, t- like um, off the cuff, what would you say was okay. like your favorite episode? I have to say Halloween. Nice. Okay. Why yeah. is that? I mean, well, you know, I always love a Halloween episode because I'm one of those people that starts thinking about their Halloween costume of like August the year before. <laughs> That's so, amazing. Yeah, I love a Halloween special. Oh, um, yeah. And I just, you know that although he as a person is crazy problematic, that I am a big fan of Pierce as a character and the Halloween episode with Pierce as Beastmaster and like having a bad trip. It's just lovely it's so much fun that's a great answer I'm glad I picked a different episode um but I want to go more to the personal side of this so you are a Halloween fan you get dressed (laughs) up it sounds like is that is that continuing practice to this day well no it's been seriously interrupted by the pandemic But yeah, so one of my my close friends in Illinois, where I where I'm from, used to have like an annual Halloween party that was like the social event of our of our calendar year. And nice. um, I also, you know, I love like craft things. I sew. Yep. I have sewed some complicated Halloween costumes, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> my uh, Halloweens have usually been like that's the dumbest thing ever. I ain't doing that. I mean, it must, except for when I was a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, that's so dumb. I can't believe people get into this. And then jump cut to 7.30 PM, the night of like whatever weekend date is like closest (laughs) to Halloween. And me like jumping in a car with people with like a black suit on and a piece of like white printer paper that I've fashioned into a priest collar. (laughs) Like just some like ad hoc, just like, here we go. (laughs) And then I'm the one who's just like rabble rousing it, you know? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Anything else you want to say real quick, just on, on the episode before I give you my, my response here. Um, I think that this episode has, you know, Picking a favorite anything with community is really hard, but it has one of my favorite lines that actually like uh, my partner, Matt and I will like use in like real life conversation, which is nice. um, Always the best. (laughs) Um, And uh, when we go to floating skeletons with our problems, we get what we pay for, don't we? (laughs) To put it in context. Okay. I kind of like intentionally said that without context first, because it does like that's the amount of context it gets in my daily life. Like when we use this, um, but so this is that's when amazing. Pierce has been having a bad trip and he's been, 
explaining his experience to Jeff and um, how the you know floating skeletons that he hallucinated uh, made him feel old. <laughs> and so that's Jeff's response. Yeah, Jeff's response is like, well, when we go to floating skeletons with our problems, we get what we pay for, don't we? <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even know if that like made an impression on me the first time. That's fantastic. But I love using a line from something as like an approach to real life. Yeah. If anyone in the it's world. It's part of our vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. If anyone in the world knows where this is from, it was a movie I watched when I was a kid. I watched it with my younger sister. And there's a female character in this movie who says, I don't know what you call it like that. Like, I don't know what, and my younger sister and I, Rachel, we to this day cannot remember what it's from. Every <laughs> once in a while, when some like kind of confusion or something happens, one of us will be like, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> and we're always like, but then we're always immediately like, damn, what is that from? Right. It's probably something that was, you know, like on cable once and it's not even popular enough to like be on a streaming service now. Yeah. someone will be like that was season three episode six of seventh heaven <laughs> like oh deep cut all right my favorite episode to this point is football feminism and you and for mm. listeners who've listened to this point and um which may be zero people but um at least you <laughs> sandy will remember that i was so stoked about that episode and just yes. my quick hot take on it i thought it, it perfectly exhibited how tight the writing of this show is mm-hmm I thought it was a great way to show you, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this on mic or off, but the Zen of Troy that yeah. I think both of us are starting to really notice, especially now watching it through this lens of like, we're watching the show to analyze it and, and discuss it. Mm -hmm. um, it was like the end of episode speech, but it was from Troy more so than Pierce or oh, hello, sorry, from Jeff. It yeah. was from Troy more so than Jeff. And I also just thought it was really funny. I just thought it was a good, funny episode that accomplished a lot of character background and character dynamic, mm -hmm. um, while also just having the utterly ridiculous scene of Troy on a football field practicing <laughs> with the Greendale football team. There's just so much background comedy in that episode. <laughs> There's just, I mean, like the classic sort of Pratt, he throws the ball it hits the dude in the head, but <laughs> Jeff has turned him to look at him since he's thrown it and then like turns him back and is basically like, he caught it or whatever. Right, because a different guy picked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the dude's laying there like, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, so just, yeah, just so much good stuff. That was my favorite episode, which leads me to my second question. Okay. Favorite moment so far of the show. So a little more microscopic. You'll have a chance here because we're snaking it and I am going to give you my favorite moment, okay. which is exactly from that episode, Football Feminism and You. It's something that we talked about when we, well, when we talked about season one, episode six, I believe it was, Football Feminism and You. So I've already said this, but that dialogue between Jeff and Troy on the football field is so good. I don't have it written down, but it's the dialogue where... You know, Jeff says football is in your blood <laughs> and oh, yes, or, you know, like, like in your soul or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and, and so Troy's like, that's racist. And they go back and forth with naming these sort of isms, these these prejudices 
So it's like, that's racist. And then they say something else, oh, that's gay. And then he says, that's black. No, that's racist. <laughs> like yes. that dialogue. And I'm sorry I didn't write it down, but I already said it when we recorded, you know, the episode dedicated to that particular um, episode of Community. But that's my favorite moment because, again, why I love this episode, perfect encapsulation of how tight the writers are. Mm-hmm. I think a good microcosm of how they're willing to push the bill and push the envelope with these social issues. Um, and also Donald Glover's acting in that (laughs) scene and the like four or five different like tenors or tones he strikes with his responses Mm -hmm. Troy says that's black when Jeff says um that's homophobic or whatever and Troy's like that's black Jeff says that's racist and then Troy's response is damn or something like that you know he kind (laughs) of looks off to the side but Donald Glover's range of uh like tones and tenors to those one-liners I just Mm -hmm. thought was fantastic so that's it for me that that football field conversation sorry I think that that scene is kind of unquotable um and it's really hard to describe because it's so tv like it needs to be a visual it needs to have the audio and the video together with the rapid cuts back and forth because it just written down or spoken doesn't make any sense but it's it's one that you like actually have to go back and watch to appreciate no that's a great point so okay your turn favorite moment of the show up to this point okay if you have one. so this is tricky thinking back so like the one tiny moment that like comes to mind like thinking back over all these episodes <laughs> is in one of the codas with troy and abed um because i mean how can you not mention the Troy and Abed coda? And it is when, actually in the Halloween episode, when Abed is Batman and he and Troy are trying out their Batman voices. And then they get on this topic of like what they would do if they woke up as like animated, like cookies or candy or something like that. And Troy says something like, you know, like I, I would just eat myself. Like I wouldn't even question it. It's and the donut. way Donald Glover says like, donut. I wouldn't even question it. It's just, so perfect and it, it could not possibly be improved upon He's amazing. and my rendition does not do justice to it no but but here's here's the other thing though and i think this speaks to what you were saying about my favorite moment and this is something that maybe we'll talk about in one of the later questions if it, if it comes up but it's so tv and i love that you made that point because that's another thing all the codas like we always try to end our pod episodes where we talk about the coda of the mm-hmm. particular episode we're analyzing, but those, that's such a TV thing. It's literally the coda of the end credits and, <laughs> you know, late episodes, uh, late seasons of Seinfeld did this other shows, but that's such a TV thing yeah, to be like, we yeah. have 90 seconds to get a joke in there. <laughs> and what's great about these codas talk about building community the early codas are so dedicated to Troy and Abed's friendship. Yeah, that's really where it starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, I love that. Um, and that is a great one because also they're both doing it in the Batman voice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just, and we talked about this when we talked about that Halloween episode. How difficult was that to act? I mean, you're just like mm-hmm. grumbling the whole time, you know, um, which is obviously then making fun of Christian Bale's perhaps overcommitment is in his deep methodical approach to character development christian bale perhaps overcommitted to the batman voice (laughs) um okay 
Next question. I think it's your turn to answer again. Okay. Up to this point of the show, see, through season one, episode seven, through the Halloween episode, who is the most intriguing character to you at this point? Oh, that is a good question. Okay. Now, real quick, while you're thinking, I will yeah. say, number one, it's obviously difficult to pick favorites and like superlatives. I, I mean, anyone who's been listening to our pod knows how much we love it. So, it's, you know, just having some fun here today. But with most intriguing character, you know, I guess uh, just to help give you like some context if you need it, like I'm thinking kind of if you put yourself back into I'm just watching this show for the first time, mm-hmm. which again is very difficult because we know the show so well. But yeah, who's the who's the, the most intriguing character? At this point of the show, who's the person that maybe you're saying, damn, I really want to get to the bottom of them. I, I need more of them <laughs> and I want to know more about that character so I think for that specific question it has to be Shirley like I love the introduction of Shirley in the first episode where um, she talks about how like adults get respect but they also sometimes get their what their like hair pulled back and their face shoved through jukeboxes or something (laughs) which like that Jeff notes is like way too specific to be improvised and you get those little like teasing moments of Shirley having this like complicated and perhaps occasionally violent past that I just really want to know more about like do you you know like we're learning like all of the characters backstory through humor but Shirley is is the most like her kind of like how she presents initially and her backstory are so different that I got to know more about Shirley you want to hear my answer yeah ditto Shirley nice for all the same reasons. It's, I'm, I'm not even going to comment. I was just, you're, you're, it's exactly it. Those moments of alluded to violence. <laughs> and the fact, like the divorce, you're just like, who is Shirley? Uh-huh. And I, you know, it, yeah, no, that's all I can say. I'm exactly on that same page. I think Shirley nice. is the most intriguing character up to this point because she's one of the characters we've seen the least of. Mm-hmm. But to your point, if I understand you correctly, when we do get a glimpse of her, it's like, I like, damn, surely <laughs> a lot going on there. Love There's it. a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. I love yeah. it. No, I the exact same answer. I'm going to throw in, I'm going to throw one in real quick that I didn't have written down, but I'm throwing okay. a six question since we were both on the same page. Who did the, at, to this point is the most impressive actor to you? Oh, because that's another difficult one. Yes. I wouldn't have said this the first time I watched the show. In fact, I wasn't a fan the very first time I watched the show of this particular actor. Not because he wasn't great, but I I just, the character didn't, I didn't get it for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the more I've watched it, the more I've become a huge fan of the character and the actor. And that's Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. I, I just, and here's the reason why. There's nothing about him or Troy, but I just, you know, Troy's kind of like the the doofus kind of sometimes. And, and I don't know that to me, I was just like, I don't need that character. Like when I first watched the show, I don't need the like dumb jock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as I watch it more, I realize those moments where you have that Tao of Troy and that he is such a mature, interesting thinker, the character. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Don, the more I watch this show, the more I'm like, damn, Donald Glover was so good as Troy. Just so yes. good physically, uh, facial acting. You know, like I said, the, the ability to jump from one tone or tenor and from one line to the next, really fantastic. 
And I think too, you know, it's hard because at this point in the show, Troy is still like playing the part of the jock a lot of the time. Yep. Um, and, and that changes. Jock. Yeah. And that changes over the course of the show. Yeah. Um, so I think like at this point, I, I probably wouldn't say Troy just or Donald Glover just for that reason. But I think like they're all great, but the person who stands out to me who just like came in and completely nailed it and made it believable from episode one is Danny Pudi and Abed. Oh, nice. um, and kind of in, in unlike Troy, like Abed doesn't grow a lot as a character throughout the rest of the course of the show. But yeah. I feel like he was solidly Abed from the moment he went on camera. And I, and it really made that character kind of like believable in a real way and not just like, you know, oh, the autistic character. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but I love that response. And I think you're right. He, Abed was Abed or Danny Pudi was Abed like from the beginning. But I also think you could say the same thing about Shirley where we talk about the, um, you know, her being the most intriguing character. Mm -hmm. She settled into that role so well. Oh yeah. This is not only a very well written show, a very well thought out show, a very well envisioned show. But this cast, I mean, it's like the sign. I mean, it's, again, to make that, re it's like the Seinfeld cast or the Arrested Development cast, where you're like, no other person could have played that role. Yeah. Everybody was the right choice. Yeah. Um, if I didn't think it was going to be so annoying for for the listeners right now, I would honestly do like a bit of a round of applause for them. Cause I mean, <laughs> but I think that speaks to what we're saying about we both picked Shirley for most intriguing character. We picked essentially. Troy and Abed respectively yeah. as like um, best acting to this point but it's just that's the thing there's so much and this cast has so much to offer and, and mm -hmm. really just great great acting so last two questions I think it's back to you okay to answer first so I'm not sure the best way to phrase this and I thought about the the adjective I was looking for but we're going to take a step back from those sort of specific moments mm -hmm. characters shows actors whatever take a step back and the last two questions will do a bit of a you know overview of the show mm -hmm. you know to some extent or whatever as you do at midterms exactly so yeah. if we were just taking a general review kind of you know like preparing for the exam just a general review <laughs> And maybe like if we were really studying for a midterm exam, we'd say something like, okay, like what's the most important thing you got to remember mm. for like this class or whatever, you know, like mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Along the same lines, but not exactly like that. This is how I've written it down and, and feel free to rephrase this if this is awkward, I mean, in terms of how to answer it. But the question I wrote down is what strikes you most about the show to this point? Like, what's that thing that really just looking at it objectively, if we can't, where just where you say, this is the thing about community up to this point, which is a very small sample size relative to the entire run of the show. Like, what's the mm -hmm. thing that really strikes you or stands out to you about this show and what it's doing up to this mm -hmm. point? So I think, especially watching it like we have been where it's like the opposite of a binge watch and you're like looking closely at one <laughs> episode at a time yeah. 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 um that like kind of stops you from getting into the like flow of the plot and more like the show is like intended to be watched right because you'd see yeah. like one episode a week and then you yeah. have to wait um so watching it that way like one week at a time the world building stands out like okay so we um, are overly educated people. We have spent a ton of time on college campuses as students, as employees. And the underpaid. Greenhill, 
Yeah, <laughs> the Greendale <laughs> College campus is fully realized. It's so detailed in the background and it is so freaking weird. Like it is not like a community college. It is not like a regular university. They have kind of this, this sprawling like campus with dorms that most community colleges don't have and you know like a football field and all kinds of things but it's also like the interior is like it kind of looks like a dirty old middle school like in a way <laughs> you know like they have the the cafeteria lunch line like you have in like middle school it has like as we as we've said like it has to be intentional because they cram so much into each episode that this this has to have been the look they were going for, which is like weirdly overgrown middle school that adults go to. Or maybe maybe it's like, this is what a 12 year old thinks college is like. That's a great, I hadn't thought about that. The aesthetic of the show, although we've talked about the lunchroom thing where it's like who, what adults go to like a cafeteria and like order yeah. the food, you know? I mean, I'm sure there are people out there. I didn't mean that in a condescending way, but just in our experience, like that's not how it works. You know what I mean? It's just especially- When they go to the same class every morning, like they had, you know, they don't yeah. have Spanish once a week. They like have it every morning. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And when you're done, I mean, what I meant by that was, I mean, obviously my freshman year here at Purdue, like I went to the cafeteria with the guys or whatever, but I mean, it's just, it's different. Like you're, it's, it's not like so regular and you wouldn't no, get yeah. like a packed cafeteria, at least to my experience. Right. Like not everybody has lunch at the same time, but in exactly. Greendale they do. Exactly. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that. I hadn't even thought about that, but this is one thing that I, <laughs> I love the dirty there is something very midwestern like very outdated middle school about it i'd never thought about that but here's the other thing though um and not to be like too wonky about it but it's clearly better for production like we need these mm -hmm. central places where people meet we can get our weird background stuff going yep. on we can get multiple characters in the same space and coming in and coming out and having these conversations like might happen in a cafeteria mm -hmm. but the way that they blended the production aspect of it and the logistics of filming the show with creating that campus and that mm. that world you know that that we that we've talked about and I know is something that you've spoken about I think really eloquently up to up to this point of our pod and this is one of the things let me just sidebar here that I loved from the beginning about doing this pod is you helped me see that world building of this show and how it's like great sci-fi literary i mean greendale commute this is a world that exists unto itself and yeah. yet it's relatable and i guess that's what i was saying about just now it's like clearly there's production aspects involved here but they make it relatable or in the term or in terms of the cafeteria it's not relatable to me and yet i just want to be in the greendale cafeteria <laughs> i want to hang out there man i want to yeah. yeah yeah so my, basically I'm, I'm on the same page here. And, and in effect, as what I was just saying is like, I'm stealing from you this idea of world building, which is really watching it this time through and hearing you talk about that. Now I'm starting to see that. So thank you. But my answer to this, like what strikes me the most, I would say it's similar thing, but how well thought out the writing was from the beginning of this show. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so, I've, so I put in terms of like the vision of the show, like they go into season one pilot 
and they got a really good idea of who some of these characters are, Mm -hmm. what this background stuff is, what this world is, what this campus is. And that to me is really striking that this show, it like, it doesn't spin its wheels. You know what I mean? No, there's no wasted episodes or lines even really. No, it doesn't mess around. Like trying to like figure out what it is. Maybe some of the characters take a while to develop. Certainly Mm -hmm. things happen around season four that I don't think anybody expected. Anybody who was part of the show, certainly not the fans. You get the gas leak and the bizarre world stuff and you're like, oh, didn't see that coming. And there's definitely like some things coming in this show that you can't see coming at this point. But what I think I come back to is most striking to me is just how like tight and concise the writing is. It's snappy, it's punchy, it's quick, it's funny. It brings in so many different like social topics and mm-hmm. allusions to, you know, pop culture, the 80s and 90s, even like the cafeteria. It's like every John Hughes high school you've ever, you know, high school movie you've ever seen. But I, so I, in a similar way to you, but I think about it in terms of the writing, Mm -hmm. just like these writers were on it from day one. They just knew what this world was, what this community was. And it's a, it's really fun to watch it now uh, in that lens. And you have so many lines that it's just like one line, but it, it moves the plot of that episode forward it explains something about the background of the character who's saying it. And also it's really funny. And so they have so many lines that do all three of those things. That's so, no, that's a, that's a great way to put it. And thank you for putting it that way, because that's exactly it. There are lines in this show that just accomplish so much. Yeah. You laugh, you go, damn, I know who Annie is. (laughs) (laughs) But also it fits into the actual episode. They're not just throwaway lines. There's Mm -hmm. very few of those. And the throwaway lines that are in the show are hilarious. Like for instance, when, (laughs) when Britta and um, Vaughn are talking about panda balls and like asexuality (laughs) or whatever. The girl who falls during the Captain O'Cap, sorry, the woman who falls during the Captain O'Captain my par- or part in the um, Seize the Day episode, what's it, the uh-huh. Professor Whitman episode? Yes. And there's just people like, are you okay? <laughs> you know, like in the back. <laughs> I mean, even that stuff, like, okay, maybe it doesn't really feed the plot, but it just says, to your point, it says so much about the characters and it's so funny. All right. At this point... When you're not watching the show, is there a moment, a line, a general sort of thought or response, kind of intuitive reaction to the show that you often go back to? Is there something that like, so not maybe necessarily in the same way, like what kind of strikes you about the show as a show? Mm-hmm. But a little different from that last question, what's something about like your viewership of the show? And what's something you go back to? What's something that you are now realizing about yourself as a fan of the show, whatever time through this this show is for you? I think for me, it's like the fifth or sixth going through this, you know, straight Mm -hmm. through. What is something that you go back to in terms of your fandom or your, dare I say, like relationship to the show? How, How do you see yourself and it, maybe this is even looking back onto like your first time watching it, but does that make sense? What is, what is something that you keep going back to? Hmm. And I'll offer my response first. Cause I think it's, it's my turn. Yeah. But one of the things that I keep going back to is 
again, it started in 2009, was how much stuff they were dealing with in 2009 that I find relevant to the last year or two of our mm -hmm. lives, like socio-politically, socio-culturally, broadly speaking, how much stuff they bring in to the show mm -hmm. that feels relevant to this day, 12 years later, and generally speaking, how much of it they can pack in <laughs> to the show, <laughs> but also like how prescient it felt it feels in some way you know what i mean like pierce is the old racist white guy who knew <laughs> that seven years later after the show had even stopped uh, being released i'm pretty sure um that we would be voting someone into the white house that was basically like a really bad version of pierce right. and pierce is already bad enough mm -hmm. so that's sort of like what i'm thinking i don't know if that makes sense but that's what i would say like one of the things i keep or like a sort of feeling i keep going back to or returning to once i'm watching the show as we discuss it as we record the pod after we've turned off our mics after an episode ends i'll just think like damn community was really on it <laughs> for 2021 you know like we haven't even uh -huh. gotten to the later episodes yet and i'm like man like community like wow seems so relevant but in a way that isn't up front because they're not dealing with the issues we're dealing with but there's just something in the writing and like and maybe that's kind of building on the same point from the previous question but to be sort of hacky about it, you know, they say like, well, why do people love Greek tragedy or Shakespeare's? Because there's like all these questions and things that we're still dealing with. And it, there is mm -hmm. something about this show where I'm like, when I'm just sort of sitting here reflecting on it and what we're doing and analyzing it in our pod, where I'm like, man, it seems relevant. It really seems like there's a lot in there that maybe somebody had been to the future in the alternate timeline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but that's sort of how I think about it. So I think, you know, that's hard to answer because if I'm thinking about the entire series, the answer is definitely the idea of the darkest timeline. <laughs> but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's also a real bummer. So I don't know how much we want our last question to be. <laughs> A bummer. Um. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Last question. Okay. Last question. Do you find yourself feeling differently about the show now than you did in the past? I mean, now watching it to record these pods, do you find yourself feeling differently about the show at all? Um, I think, you know, maybe just like more appreciative of kind of like the work that went into it especially in the early yeah. season no i agree and i will say i do find myself feeling differently about it. i think i actually love it more and i didn't think that was possible but now that i'm watching it with this kind of focused lens you know what i mean i'm just like holy crap the show's even better than i ever expect or than ever thought mm -hmm. it was um before we finish today here since i was uh since i was sort of asking these questions and putting you on the spot is there anything do you have any questions that come to mind anything that you want to throw into our midterm review here yeah, so I think one of the, the fun things about watching this show is thinking back to similar stuff you might have done in college. Um, <laughs> so was, is there anything that like one of the characters did or that happened in the show where you felt like, 
oh yeah college matt would have would have totally been part of this oh you're actually asking me is there anything that uh-huh. i um is there any was there any point of kind of like you recognizing yourself as a college student in the show well maybe this is saying too much so i'll keep it light let's just say <laughs> There were things about that Halloween episode that certainly rung true for me. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> had some had some Halloweens much like that myself. <laughs> Go to floating skeletons for your yeah, for advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To call back to the line you're talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've had some floating skeletons and Halloweens, that's for sure. <laughs> nice. you, you, what about you? Um, well, I think probably like Britta and Vaughn, like I have, you know, remember like myself and my other like female friends doing this thing where you're like, oh, this guy's different. That's interesting. And then it takes you a while to be like, yeah, not in a good way. I remember you talking about that when we talked about that episode. That's so funny because I mean, yeah, that doesn't strike. Yeah, that was just something that and I'm not like I think that's awesome that you're sharing that. But it's I remember even when we talked about that episode at the time, that's so outside of like how I watched the show. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that like, I mean, but like that wouldn't have ever occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is not I'm certainly not like um, discrediting what you're saying, but rather to say that this is one of the great things that I love about watching community with you and doing this pod with you is that just things that I never would have thought of. Yeah or notice are like coming to light, but even something like that, like seeing a reflection of myself, like in the way a relationship in the show is presented or something. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, when you ask the question just now, that's something I've never really thought of. I know that I've often had a desire to be in the show, not like mm-hmm. as an actor, but like to live in the community mm-hmm. of Greendale in real life. Cause it just seems so fun. I want to know those people. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good question. Good question. Anything else that comes to mind before we wrap up the midterm? No, I think that's probably like a good, good note to close on. Cause that is one of the fun parts about having these discussions is that, uh, you know, we, we think of things that we never would have thought of on our own and it's just a fun way to, to pass the time. It is. It's been a great way to pass the time. Again, thanks for all of your insights and thanks for sort of um, going through this kind of, you know, pop quiz or whatever, this this review. (laughs) We are going to sign off here soon, but just a reminder that the next episode we will look at is season one, episode eight, and we'll drop our pod for that soon. And then obviously just keep making our way through uh, through the first season. So Sandy, looking forward to it, looking forward to the next, the next disc, <laughs> looking forward to disc <laughs> two, the next, whatever, five, six, seven episodes real quick, just to end this again. Thanks so much for like all the, all the insight that you've brought to this. This has been fun for us, I think as friends and as people who like to communicate and talk and, you know, no longer work in the same office. So we don't have that same opportunity, mm-hmm. but it's also been, um, I will say this is one thing I wanted to say is as we get towards maybe the end of the pandemic, if that's even really a thing, but mm-hmm. I'm fully vaccinated now. I know many people are, people are starting to kind of go out more. It's like supposed to be like the return of like <laughs> fun summer of love, like, or whatever. Yeah. like that's, that's supposed to be ahead of us now that like the world's opening up and adults can go out and socialize. I look forward to keep doing this. I look forward to weekend brunch, you know, 
appointments with with you and recording this and it's been fun that we started doing this in the pandemic but i you know i i actually look forward to this continuing because it's been really meaningful even though the rest of the world is like quote unquote going back to normal so yeah thanks and thanks everybody for listening up to this point uh it's been a journey and we hope it continues (laughs) (laughs) all right awesome so we'll see you guys in a week or two we will be doing season one episode eight of community and thanks for listening see you guys soon Our theme music is Happy Dance by Cedric Galkey. Please subscribe to Streets Behind wherever you get your podcasts.